have for each one of us individually. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Mary. What a great start this morning already. We've heard so much from the Lord already, and we haven't even got to the talk. So welcome back, everyone. Happy New Year. So I thought today I'd start with a verse. Hebrews 4.16, and this is the King James Version. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in times of need. I'm going to read the whole verse now, but that's the part that I want to stand out. God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared, this rest, has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As for the others, God said, in my anger I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Even though this rest has been ready since he made the world, we know it is ready because of the place in the scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all his work. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter, but those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. This is still in the verse, by the way. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did, we'll fail. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. And I'd just like to add there, we are not going to be accountable to man. At the end of our lives, we're accountable to God and God alone. It carries on. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly before the throne of our gracious God, 
And there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Amen. Now that says we will receive his mercy and grace, not we might. Putting it simply, God the Father always intended us to come into his presence and experience his, re his rest, his mercy and his peace. We were created for a relationship with him, a relationship of love and of trust, of grace, of mercy, of joy, of fun and peace and rest. He created laughter in us. Do you realize that? He gave us the ability to laugh because he wanted us to experience joy. He gave us minds to explore and discover. And he calls for us not to forget that we can rest at the end of all of that. Verse 9 says, there is a special rest waiting for the people of God. A rest that, can, that can't be experienced outside of his, his presence. So we have to come into his presence to experience that rest. Verse 13 said, nothing is hidden from him. He even knows our deepest thoughts and desires. He knew my deepest thoughts many years ago when I was sitting in a garden and I was praying and I was thinking, Lord, thank you for my two wonderful sons. I would have loved a little girl as well. And I pictured this child with curly hair. I pictured my daughter. He gave me my daughter. And he, I hadn't said that to anybody. Only God knew that. He knows our deepest desires. And it's in his heart to give us our heart's desire. But it can also be quite scary, can't it, to think, oh, he knows everything about us, including our thoughts. Verse 14 and 15 says, we could feel that we no longer come close to the Lord. Now, what that means is exact, when we think that we're, we're having thoughts that are unholy, it can be quite scary because we think, well, if he knows my thoughts, he knows and I have to hide, but we don't have to hide because it tells us in verse 14 and 15, because of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have a saviour who has experienced life and understands those weaknesses. And because of that, we still can come boldly before the throne and we can still find that rest and we can still find that grace and forgiveness. In Luke 15, Jesus tells us three stories, one after the other. The story of the lost sheep, the story of the lost coin, and the prodigal son. It was so important to the Lord that we understand that no matter what we've done, what we think we've done, we can never go too far. He's always there, always reaching out never letting us out of his sight, which again might sound a bit scary, but actually if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling that you've gone too far, isn't it comforting to know that actually we can't run away from God because he loves you and he'll come running after you. When we turn our face back in repentance, the Lord has open eyes, open arms, sorry, to come rushing to us. We don't need to hang our heads in shame and hide from him. The father has so much joy when we repent that he comes running with open arms. 
Jesus talks about the pure joy of the Father as the lost are found. He told us how far the Father would go to find those that are lost. He told us those three stories, one after the other, to make it as clear as he possibly can that when we are repentant in our hearts, God can see our hearts, by the way, and only he can see our hearts. We can come boldly before the throne. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not life, not death, not angels, not demons, not present, not future, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, or anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's Romans 8.38. So if you see yourself as a failure or some poor, lowly being who has to hold their head in shame and come on your knees crawling and begging for forgiveness from God because you've messed up again, that is not how God sees you. Now, of course, I'm not saying it's wrong to say sorry because we are told to repent. But biblical repentance literally means turning away from that which is wrong and turning towards God with a new way of thinking and behaving. I wonder if we change the way we came to God instead of coming in shame and heads held low, lowly thinking, oh, I've messed up again, oh, I've messed up again. But actually, if we came to God every morning saying, thank you, thank you so much that you forgave me. You forgave me yesterday, you forgave me today, and you'll forgive me tomorrow. Because you knew everything about me before I was even created in my mother's womb. I wonder how quickly we would change how we came, rather than trying to come and saying, thank you, Lord, that we'd come with joy and say, oh, my Lord, thank you so much. You know me. You know I'm trying my best. I wonder how quickly we would change if we started to do that. I wonder if it would take us into a deeper understanding of who we are as children of God and an understanding that God has already given us an entitlement and an inheritance to walk with him through the blood of Christ. An understanding that authority has been given to us to pray for the sick and see them healed every time, just like when Jesus did it. Or a hunger to tell everyone we meet how much God loves them and that actually there is an eternity waiting for everybody who accepts him as, as their Lord and Saviour. How about automatically forgiving that person with road rage or that person who's betrayed us? I wonder how quickly we would change if we started coming to the Lord and saying, thank you for forgiving me. You know I'm trying my best. You know my heart. Because you see, Jesus forgave us so much more. So how can we not forgive other people? It can only harm us if we hold unforgiveness. I'm not, not sure if you realize that, but in Matthew 7, 2, it says, we will be judged in the same way that we judge others. So when someone does betray you, when someone does do something to you, if we can't in our hearts say, I forgive you, 
because Jesus forgave me more. It's holding us back and it only harms us. Can you imagine if the church of Christ throughout the world really did love everyone we met? What a difference it would make if we showed love, kindness, if we encouraged each other, if we supported each other, how quickly the world would change for the best. How do we change the world? I love that, that film. Is it um, F. Evan? I can't remember what it's called now. But he says, uh, by one small act of random kindness, we can change the world. 2 Corinthians uh, 13.11 says, aim for perfect harmony. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. 1 John 3.9, this is the New Living Translation, says, Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. So now you can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love one another and other believers does not belong to God. That's quite strict, isn't it? Quite powerful. You see, we are created in the image of God, not just to reflect his light, but to absorb it and shine it. We're called to preach the gospel, heal the brokenhearted, set the captives free, recover sight for the blind, shine the light of the Lord into a very broken world. That's in Luke 4. And we are equipped to do that. But we have to start here in the church. We have to start loving each other. We have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. But we must begin to understand that we can come boldly to our Heavenly Father and not come with our heads held low. John 14, 12, Jesus said, Anyone who believes in me will do the works that I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. What he meant by that is he's going to be next to the Father in heaven, and he'll send us the Holy Spirit, because Jesus is no longer restricted to a human body now. He's in heaven, and he's able to do so much more through so many more, through you and me. We will do greater things. It continues. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. In 2022, we saw miracles. We saw healings. We saw provisions. We saw jobs. We saw some amazing things. And this year, I truly believe we're going to see many more amazing things. Things that will make us stand in awe again and even more of our wonderful God. Because he's an almighty, caring and powerful God. And he loves this mixed up world so much that he sent his only son. Not just for us, but for them. For everybody out there. And we have a big, big part to play in that. When I, when I meet the Lord, I want him to say, well done. Well done. I saw when you tried that one. I saw when you didn't give up. I saw when you came to me. 
I saw when you encouraged that person, well done. And I want him to say it about each of us and our children. I want him to say, I know how hard you tried. I know what you did. It took courage. It took faith. And I was rooting for you. Yeah? We are children of a living God, the only living God. He's not made of wood or even gold or even diamonds or the precious metals that are out there. He's living. He's alive. And when we accepted him as our savior, we became born again into a new life and a new self. The old self gone, it's washed away, and we're not the same. New life begins. So this is the beginning. This isn't the end. It's not the time to sit back and say, well, I'm okay. I'm okay, Jack. I'm saved. This is the time to go out there because the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. This is the time to stand up and say, whatever you want, Lord. I'll come boldly before you because I know you can use me, even as I am, because you love me. You see, he has a plan and a purpose for each of us and our families. Joshua 24, 15 says, me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Let's declare that every single day. It doesn't matter how long we've known the Lord, how many mistakes we've made on our journey. The Father's arms are always open wide to us. We're all in the beginning of an amazing journey and an exciting new life with the Lord. We've received the good news. And in a manner of speaking, we've now joined the publishing company and to spread that good news. It's a new life of righteousness, of giftings, of authority and power in the precious name of Jesus. But it's not for us. It's for us to share to the rest of the world, a world that is yet to know him. Matthew 10.8 says, freely you have received, so freely give. So let's remind ourselves who we are in Jesus. We're sons and daughters and brothers and sisters and mothers and friends who have been equipped. We have an authority, an inheritance to walk in and use the name of Jesus to carry on his mission and bring freedom. He showed us how to do it. And he told us we would do greater things in his name. He went around healing the sick, releasing the oppressed from demons. He brought the kingdom of heaven. He brought the kingdom of love. He never left people in bondage. So authority and power are given to us for a reason. But how we use it depends on how we feel about ourselves and how we approach the Lord. For instance, if you were a police person and you went to arrest someone and you knocked on their door, excuse me, I've come to arrest you, do you mind? They'd shut the door in your face. They know they have an authority to go, knock on the door, say you're under arrest because you violated the law. We have a similar authority. We have been given the authority of Jesus Christ. We have the Holy Spirit in us to tell demons to get lost, to go back from where they came from. We have the authority to pray for the sick and see them healed. But we have to know who we are to do it. We have to stand up and say, 
God, I know who I am in you. Yes, I mess up. Yes, I'm not good at this and I'm not good at that. But it doesn't matter because your blood washed me clean. You made me righteous. You filled me with your Holy Spirit. And you said I can do this and greater things than I read about in your word. That's knowing who we are. When Jesus died on the cross, it was for us. He took our place. He went to hell, paid for our sins and the sins of the world. But he was pure and death could not touch him, could not hold him. And the name of Jesus is above all names. He is Lord of Lords. He is King of Kings. He is above all principalities, all power. And he rose out of that pit victorious with our names written in the book of life. That's who we are. In the temple, the curtain separated. That se- sorry, the curtain tore from top to bottom. That curtain that separated inner holy sanctum to the outer. That meant we can come boldly to the Father. A way has been made. We know who we are. We belong to Jesus. It's time this year, guys, to grasp that and say, I can come boldly before you, Father, because of your son, Jesus. Not because of anything we've done, but because of what he did for us. We are children of a living God and we have an authority to use. This year we can see amazing things, but we need to come boldly before the throne. Boldly before our Father and say, Amen to whatever you want. Yes and Amen. Because there is hope in this world and that hope is named Jesus. And we have him inside of us and fighting for us, and rooting for us, and giving us everything we ask in his name to do his will. Amen? Shall we pray? Please stand. Lord, we just rededicate ourselves this year, and we come boldly before your throne, Father, and we say thank you. Thank you that we are made righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ, your one and only Son. And Lord, we just say, please help us to show a hurting world how much they are loved too. Help us to know who we are and use the authority that you have given us. Father, help us make you proud. In Jesus' name, amen.